Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul, again, for the next hour. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com, slash began. Also, head over to the website, GoForRadio.com, where you can listen to this show and, and support, 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 support all the great things going on with Go For It, all the great things going on with Paul Garrett, and all the great things going on with GoForRadio.com. Great show lined up for you today. Expect it. To be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Got to get his take on week one in the National Football League. And week one in the National Football League was exciting. Of the National Football League was exhilarating. Week one in the National Football League was great. But at the NFL, and the NFL, Always is good. But we're we're gonna look at week one. And we're gonna talk about week week one in the National Football League and, and you know, kind of figure out what's going on in the NFL. Because at the end of the day, the NFL is a week to week league. You can't make a determination about how seasons are gonna go, how teams are gonna be after one week. You just can't do it. Now there are some situations where you can't. There are some situations. Most situations you can't, but there are some situations when you can. And as we go through this hour, we're going to talk some NFL. Going to talk a little Canelo, Triple G. That's going on this weekend. Get my take on Nike and Colin Kaepernick. So we got a few things to get to. But let's start. I'm going to start with Nathan Peterman. I want to start with Nathan Peterman. Yeah, it's an odd way to start the show. But Nathan Nathan Peterman. Oh, you know what? Let me hold off on Nathan Peter, Peterman. Because I want to talk about some good football, some real football. So some teams out here making some things happen. Looking at week one and looking at some observations, it's clear to me Philadelphia is still going to be a very good football team. This is a football team, you could argue, that's gotten better in the offseason. I mean, they have, you know, Jason Peters, who is back. He, he, he's a Hall of Famer, and he's still playing at an elite level. You have Carson Wentz, who will eventually make his way back. Darren Sproles is back. And, again, he's not on the level of a Jason Peters and not on the level of a Carson Wentz. But he is a guy who could do some things in the return game and also do some things out of the backfield. But they used him in, in a lot of different ways last week against the Falcons. And he was effective in those many different ways. Jordan Hicks is back. He's an, a, a big-time linebacker with some big-time ability. The only issue with Jordan Hicks over the years is his ability to stay healthy. He's had a hard time staying healthy over the years. But Jordan Hicks is back. That's an upgrade of what you had before. So you can argue that the Philadelphia Eagles are better now. Michael Bennett has been brought in. And defensive line was a strength for this football team last week, last last week and last year. And you know, adding that to the mix makes it better. Sidney Jones is back. Played one game last year. You know, he, he tore his Achilles coming out of college. That's why he dropped to the second round. Philadelphia scooped him up. He's in the mix. Rasul Douglas is in the mix. You got two 
quality safeties. McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins. Philadelphia, you can argue. And now you look on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey is out, but he'll be back at some point. You can argue maybe the wide receiver spot. There is some issues there. But the wide receiver position wasn't great last year. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey had a big-time year, but Torrey Smith struggled at times. Nelson Aguilar was very good last year. And, of course, Zach Ertz, the tight end, he was big-time last year. And he's proven to be a big-time player. big-time in the playoffs and big-time in the Super Bowl. He's a big-time player. So you have that element. Philadelphia is going to be there when it's all said and done. They're going to be around. This is a team, barring any major catastrophic injuries, and you could argue they had major catastrophic injuries last year with Peters and Hicks and Wentz. But can you do something like that again? I mean, what Philadelphia did last year was was out of this world. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen much. You know, teams, they don't lose their starting quarterback. Teams don't lose their starting left tackle. And still, teams don't lose their starting middle linebacker in addition to all that and still find a way to get to the Super Bowl and still find a way to win the Super Bowl despite Tom Brady throwing for 505 yards in that particular Super Bowl. Teams don't do what the Philadelphia Eagles did last season. And guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles did it, and I'm looking at the talent on this roster this year, and they very easily could do it again. There is a lot of talent on that roster. But just looking at week one, I still think the Atlanta Falcons, a team that I had winning the Super Bowl this year, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be a very good football team. Yes. They had a hard time getting into the end zone against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Yes, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Yes, they had many opportunities in the red zone to score, and they could not do it. Oh, I say yes to all that. But I like what they have on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Ryan is still an upper echelon quarterback. Julio Jones is still an elite wide receiver. You know, their run game, I like Coleman and and, and and Freeman, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be there. And, and it's a team, as far as I'm concerned, could easily, easily, well, I have them, going and winning the Super Bowl this year. That's a good football team in Atlanta. And I walk away from that football game saying the same thing. And as an Eagles fan, I walked away from that football game saying, I don't want to see the Atlanta Falcons no more. I don't want to see the Atlanta Falcons again. That team and the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, that game was a carbon copy pretty much of the playoffs, of that playoff game, where, you know, it was a defensive struggle, you know, a couple turnovers here, a couple turnovers there, and a game that came down to Atlanta unable to score down deep in Philadelphia territory. That is what we saw in the playoff game. And that is what we saw last week in Philadelphia. So the Falcons are going to be there. The Eagles are going to be there. These are two talented football teams. And I think even in a losing effort, I walk away saying, I think the Falcons can figure this thing out. They, They can figure that red zone situation out. And again, it's year two, Steve Sarkeesian, Sark, and Matty Ice together. I think they can figure it out. I really do. I also looked at last week, and I looked at the New York football giants. And I say to myself, you know, even with Beckham in there, even with Saquon Barkley in there, even with the addition of Nate Solder, I still look at this football team And to me, they looked a lot like the team they were last season. I'm not saying they're going to be 3-13 and bad, because that's pretty bad, and I don't think they're going to be that bad of a football team. But I don't think they're going to be that much better. I don't see it. 
I see an offensive line that still might struggle. Granted, it was against, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is that's an elite defense. So, you know, expect that type of defense to get after the quarterback. That's an elite defense. Um, so Jacksonville, they're going to be tough for anybody. But I still kind of saw the same old Giants. Eli, you know, under pressure. Eli, you know, throwing some bad balls along the way. I saw same old Giants, and I kind of saw same old Eli. And then after what we – and I know Saquon Barkley ripped off a 60, 61-yard touchdown run. And it was it was a, a, a big time run. It broke a couple tackles, got to the outside. It was going. He was going. His speed is he's a home run hitting type of running back, and he hit a home run for the Giants on Sunday. But at and you know it's only one week. But Sam Darnold, you know you're the New York Football Giants. You need a quarterback. Well. You need a quarterback because you could argue maybe Eli could give you a few more years, but I don't necessarily see it, and I'm not ready to get you know to to throw Eli away at this point. But man, Sam Darnold and what he did on Monday Night Football and the way he played, bouncing back from that pick and you know threw a pick on his first throw and he bounced on back and he. He played some big-time football for the New York Giants. New York Jets, excuse me. Should have been the New York Giants, some can argue. Here's the thing. Running backs are great. They're good to have elite running backs. They're nice. But quarterbacks is what wins you championships. Tom Brady is a championship-caliber quarterback. He wins championships. It's the quarterback that wins you championships. It's not the running back. It's the quarterback. And, again, Sam Darnold's numbers weren't eye-popping, but I think I was very impressed by the way he came back from that pick and just the way he played moving forward. I mean, he played some big-time football, solid football. Maybe big time is a little extra. He played some good football, solid football. But in the midst of that, I I just look at the Giants and I'm like, okay, you passed on Sam Darnold. And in the midst of passing on Sam Darnold, you pass over Sam Darnold to possibly get an elite running back in, in, in Saquon Barkley. And I think if you're a Giants fan, you've got to be happy about what you saw. But you might also be in a position where you still need a quarterback. You still need a guy who can sling the ball. You still need a guy who can move the ball up and down the field. You still need a guy. Eli may not be that guy anymore. And he didn't have a good season last year. And, and yeah, we could talk about some of the things that maybe prevented that. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. missing extended time. You can talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, but in the offensive line with some of their struggles. But Flowers, Eric Flowers, he's still on that offensive line. Granted, he's on the right side instead of the left side, but he's still there and still unimpressive. I don't know. I think I saw the same old Giants last year, uh, uh, week one. could be wrong about that. But I think I saw the same old Giants. We'll see about that. One thing, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys and Giants face off this week. But I look at the Dallas Cowboys. And I see a football team, you know, last year, well, let's go two years ago. Dak Prescott got off to that amazing start as a rookie. 
played some big-time football. And, you know, we, we were talking about this guy being the next big thing. You know, the Cowboys getting a steal from Dak, you know, and, and getting Dak Prescott. But I look at Dak, and I saw a guy who struggled last year, and we could talk about some of the reasons he struggled. Ezekiel Elliott not being around, that's huge. That's huge. And one of the reasons that the Cowboys had a lot of success in Dak's first year was because of Ezekiel Elliott, because of that offensive line. And, and how big time that offensive line was last year for, well, two years ago for the Cowboys. And obviously they're still big time. They were big time last year. But two years ago, they were bigger time. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you look at that and you look at that football team. And at this point, you got some questions about that. You do. But at the same time, does he have another out? I mean, last year, you can argue the Zeke factor. This year, you're looking at that depth chart, that depth chart, and, and you're saying, okay, I don't see a game-breaking wide receiver on this roster. The tight end position, I don't see a big-time tight end. I don't see a Jason Witten. You know, and I know they let Des Bryant go. Hasn't really been replaced. And, again, it's only been one week. And I don't want to be a prisoner at the moment, but it's only been one week. But I don't think I've seen a, a replacement for Dak Prescott. I have some concerns. I have some concerns. And I think anybody would have concerns watching the Cowboys. Anybody. I think anybody would have that. And then you got Travis Frederick, who was out dealing with an autoimmune disease, and, and, and he probably won't be back until next year if he's lucky. Because you never, you never know with that whole situation. I think I remember Mark Slareff talking about how he lost. I think he lost. He got down to like 210 or something like that. And he had to build his strength back up and build his muscle back up, and it took time. But Travis Frederick is not going to be there. And he's a guy, your center, he anchors that offensive line. He's gone. So the Cowboys, they could be in trouble. And, and Sunday's game against the Giants is going to be interesting. One of those teams is going to be 0-2. One of those teams is going to be in panic mode after next week, after, yeah, after Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see which one it's going to be. I think it's going to be the Giants, but we'll see what happens. I, I think it's going to be the Giants. And Landon Collins put the challenge out to Dak, daring Dak to beat the New York football Giants, daring Dak to beat him. Dak's response, challenge accepted. So it's on. It's on. Looking again and sticking with the Giants, the Jaguars. They played the Jaguars and, 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 and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey likes to talk. Jalen Ramsey loves to talk. Jalen Ramsey talks, 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 talks. And he's a breath of fresh air because he's honest. He keeps it 100. And we had Fred Taylor on the show a couple weeks back. And Fred Taylor says he keeps it 1,000. And he's right. Dak Prescott, not Dak Prescott, uh, Jalen Ramsey keeps it real. Here's the issue when you keep it real. Here's the issue. When you say Eli Manning needs Odell Beckham to be good, Odell Beckham is who makes Eli Manning good. Here's the, 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 here's the problem, the issue when you question Gronk. Here's the issue. Here's the problem. If you're not backing it up, 
if you're not backing it up, it becomes an issue, it becomes a problem, it becomes a distraction. You're hurting your football team at that point if you're not backing it up. To this point, Jalen Ramsey has backed it up. And the thing is, we all want our athletes to be honest. We all want our athletes to keep it 100, and we start questioning when they actually do it. My only thing, there's a danger in keeping it 100. Because at the end of the day, you keep it a bean, as they like to say in the streets. You keep it 100, you better make sure you keep balling. Because, you know, the tour continues. You question Eli, you question Gronk. And we'll see if he gets some snaps on Gronk. But he questioned Eli, questioned Gronk. So the, the Jalen Ramsey tour, this tour, if you will, continues on. The Jalen Ramsey this tour continues on, and this time the Patriots come to Jacksonville, and we'll see how he handles, and we'll see if he gets some snaps against Gronk. That should be fun. And, and I thought last year, and last year is last year, it's over. It's dead, it's gone. I thought last year the Jacksonville Jaguars were better than the New England Patriots. I thought last year the Jaguars should have beat the New England Patriots. But you know what? There's a man named Brady. There is a man named Brady, and that man was special. He was big time against the Philadelphia Eagles. Too bad he wasn't big-time enough, couldn't outdo, outduel Nick Foles, but he was big-time. And against the Jaguars, he was big-time in that fourth quarter. But I look at Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots, and I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I thought the Jaguars were the better team, but the difference is, that man named Brady is a special guy, and he does some special things at special times, and that's one of the reasons he has five Super Bowl championships. That's one of the reasons, you know, he's got his whole fingers is covered in rings because he balled out, and he's a baller, and he's big time. That's one of the reasons. Speaking of a guy who was big time, who balled out throughout the course of his career, who made a lot of plays, Along the way, let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Willie. Paul, how you doing, man? Good talking to you. Likewise. How, how are things? Not not bad, Paul. You know, uh, getting ready. My daughter's uh, got friends over this weekend uh, from her high school, and and my other daughter's going to school, and we're getting ready for, for uh, my 30-year reunion this year, Paul, for my uh, high school. Okay. All right. So you, 30 you years, man. Weekend. On well, tap, no, that, man. That, I'm going to Arkansas. That's in a few weeks. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get right down to it. I mean, your Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, guy looks guy looks like he has something. I mean, that arm strength looks good. He's got mobility. He looks like he could be a guy that could, you know, be the franchise caliber quarterback for the Chiefs for years to come. Your thoughts after watching Pat Mahomes this week? Man, it was, I was excited. It, it, Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, you know, he's more than Devin Hester or, or, or Dante Hall because he's so explosive as a receiver in, in the slider. You can move him all around. So Tyreek Hill is a guy that NFL teams are going to be looking for that kind of guy that could be a returner. But if he gets behind you, he opens up your – the problem with Tyreek Hill, he's so explosive, he opens up the offense so much. You know, you saw the fullback going down going down the sideline out the backfield. I mean, that, that was a play that they would never have won with Alex Smith. So Tyreek Hill, Hill creates mismatches, and you have to respect him on the field. And he's going to open it as long as they can run the ball and keep him honest. I mean, with those guys, they got a lot, and they we're not we haven't even talked about Sammy Watkins. Uh, uh, they got speed everywhere, man. So uh, this year, obviously, 
the Chiefs made the decision to to trade Alex Smith and, and hand the keys over to Pat Mahomes. Do you think Mahomes will have a better year than Alex Smith? It looks like it. I think I think I think Mahomes is going to have a better overall career. I don't know. That was only one game, and and they were playing the Chargers. And I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Bosa didn't play the D lineman up front, and and I don't know how good the Chargers are secondary is. So it's it's gonna. Let me let me see them play a few more games. You know, let me see them play against um, uh, uh, Denver. That Denver defense. You know, but remember he did beat Denver last year. He started that one game against Denver late in the season. But let me see him. Let me see him play some teams with some good defenses, and then and then we can tell. But uh, from what we see for a sample size. It looks like uh, he's pretty good at spreading the ball around, and and he can read those defenses. So you feel like this team offensively could be big time with all the weapons that they have. One of the one of the best, if not the best, in Chiefs history. Yes. Okay. With the weapons they have on offense, this this team could be one of the most expensive, explosive offenses in the history of the NFL. Wow. That's strong. That's high praise for this offense. Let's go to defense. And, and, and we talk about defenses, and not necessarily in a good way. We've got to talk about the New Orleans Saints. I mean, last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick went up and down the field on that Dennis Allen-led defense. And that Saints team struggled defensively. You know, obviously they put up the points, but they weren't able to stop that Buccaneers offense. From your standpoint, are you concerned? I was very disappointed. I was I wasn't even watching the game and my daughter was at the game and she told me this game is terrible, I need to leave and it was forty one fourteen. I said, Well the Saints up and she said the the, the uh Tampa Bay was up. I, I just couldn't believe it. And and the way that defense played last year, you gotta get get this Paul. They gave up nine big plays, which is twenty or more yards total last year. They gave up eight in one game. I mean, I mean, they didn't show up. They weren't prepared. They didn't show up to play. And and you're always told what you did last year. You got to go out there and prove it again. You know, I you know, I don't know if you look. Tell me who they lost on that defense, Paul. I mean, they weren't putting any pressure on the quarterback. I mean, I don't know why. They, I understand that Mike Evans beat Lattimore some, but that number twenty. I mean, he, they left him on the island, and he kept getting beat. I mean, double, do something. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep running, man. If, 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 if we're not putting pressure on the quarterback, and I'm gonna blitz the quarterback sometime. You gotta blitz the quarterback. You gotta, you gotta change it up because if he's picking you apart, you can't keep running man to man coverage, and they're not covering anybody, and you're not putting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was shocking to see what happened. I mean, it was shocking to see, man, like you, you look up and you see that Tampa Bay offense. It wasn't like Jameis Winston was there. You know, it, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he, I mean, he those guys, but, but let's say, those guys, some of, those, some of those plays, I mean, those guys were running by guys. They were wide open. You're not supposed to be that open in the NFL. I mean that 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 looked like the Saints defense for three or four years ago. Remember when they couldn't? Come, yeah. I mean, those guys were so open. I mean, Deshaun Jackson just ran by that kid. I mean, they were wide open, and then the safety got beat beat one time. I mean, it was it was bad. It was. It, I mean, Mike Evans looks like he's in the, the Deshaun Jackson looked like he's in great shape. Mike Evans looked like he dropped about ten pounds, and he looked leaner, and he you know he got a lot of more. And, and like I said, I mean those those young kids, they played great last year. Last year, but that's over. So this is a new year, and you went from 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 making the Pro Bowl, or you know, and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, some people said it's a hangover from what happened in that playoff game last year. Well, I think the be- that's the best thing that could have happened. I think they're going to play a lot better this week. They got a tough Cleveland Brown coming in there with a real good defense. And don't sleep on the Browns. The Browns are going to come to play. So, 
you, you know, you can't go in there th- just thinking you're going to run, jump on the Browns. You better go in there and be ready to play because that's going to be a. I think that's going to be a real good tough football game. Yeah, and, and I think I think actually the Saints are going to have a bounce back week. I expect them to play well. I expect them to beat the Browns, but I, the Browns are going to be tough. They, they, you know, they're going to play a lot of teams tough this year, and they're going to play the Saints tough. But I expect the Saints to get the W. I, I think. You know, sometimes teams have those games, those games where, you know, their defense just didn't come, didn't show up, where, where, where the team just didn't show up. Offensively, they showed up, at least near the end there. But defensively, they didn't show up at all. And we'll see if they can turn this around. Because I feel like that NFC South is going to be a tough, tough division. And to me, the best team in that division is the Atlanta Falcons. They're the best team to me in that division. And I feel like that's going to be a tough division. I think Carolina's uh, going to be tough. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about that. I don't know what they're, – they're so good in between the 20s, like the game against Philly, and when they get down inside the 20, they double Julio Jones. You can't – got to find somebody else to throw it to. If they're going to have a safety on top of Julio, you got to find somebody else to throw it to. That's why he didn't have any touchdowns last year. They're doubling, doubling him in the red zone. Another thing, what you call it, uh, Kamal only rushed for 30 yards. You have, They were good last year because Mark Ingram was running the ball. He'll be back in a few weeks. You have to run the ball to set up the play action, and you have to have somebody to compliment. What this shows you is Mark Ingram is very important to that team, and he runs the ball in between the tackles, and Kamal is more of a slasher, put him, get him out in space. So you need both of those guys to complement each other. And when they started rolling, they bounced off each other, and they were hard to beat because cause the Eagles coming straight downhill, and then you got Kamal coming in doing what he does. So they missed the running game. I mean, you look at the numbers. Kamar didn't rush for a lot, and I don't know if any of them other backs played. I know he had 100 yards receiving, but the Saints have to establish the run. And you have to eat the clock, or you're going to let teams stay on the field. You run the ball, you, you eat up the clock, you control the pace of the game. And, 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 and football, I understand they're trying to change the rules, but it still comes down to being able to run the ball, set up the play action. Look at what Chicago Bears did. They ran the ball, set up the play action. They went right down the field and scored on that first play. The, the Bears really outplayed them. They let they let they let. Uh, What's called to come back in the game, uh, and and and, and Rogers. Rogers, and he got hot late. But the Bears played an excellent football game, and and they played well because they they ran the ball and they established the play action, and that opens up your whole offense. And that, and I don't care what year you play football, that's still that's still important, Paul. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. So let me ask you this: Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, it was my opinion, and I know ultimately they got the victory. Aaron Rodgers went out with the knee injury, came back in, led the Packers to the victory against the Chicago Bears. It was my opinion that if I'm the coach of the Green Bay Packers, and again, I know I know Rodgers is big time, I know he's special, but to me, not you know, seeing the way he was moving around, he was seeing the ways he wasn't really stepping into those throws, from my in my opinion. I would have kept Aaron Rodgers out. And I know it all ended well, and I know they won the football game. But to me, I would have kept him out from the standpoint, okay, if Aaron Rodgers does go down, you're done. And you don't really know the true extent of his injury. And we really don't know what the extent of his injury is at this point, really. And he could play on Sunday against the Vikings, but he may not. We don't know. But my point is this. You have 15 games left. You got a lot of season to go. To me, it wasn't worth putting them back in that football game, especially being down twenty to nothing at that point. Your thoughts on that? No, I, I don't. I don't agree, Paul. I, I feel like if if they took him in the back and they knew his knee was stable, you know he, he you know he sprained the knee. He hyperextended. He sprained the knee probably. And if they know he didn't have a torn ACL, if he had a tear that they thought was a major tear, 
then then they then they would have they would have they wouldn't have put him back in the game. But when they say he's day to day, that tells me he probably has some type of sprain. And if he has not been moving around and they said he hadn't practiced this week, if his knee is bothering him and he hadn't practiced this week, they're not gonna put him out there against that Minnesota defense on one and a half legs. That that makes no sense. So I don't think he will play this week because up until you tell me if I'm wrong, Paul, I don't think he's practiced. he practiced all week. And if his knee is still bothering him, they're going to save him a cu- for a couple of weeks and let him get back right. you got too much invested. But if the doctor knew it was stable, stable you got the adrenaline running, run, running, you're trying to win that game, which which is going to be a big game. If he's not right, I'm not putting him out there against that Minnesota Vikings defense. Right. I, I just thought, you know, and I just thought to my point, I just didn't think it was worth it. But, again, it all turned out well, and hopefully he gets healthy. He gets right, and he comes back for the Green Bay Packers. But I, I don't know if it's worth it. But you know, we'll see. It, it, worked, it worked out, and then that's all that matters at this point. Let me ask you this: Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey has been critical—not critical per se—but he, he's been honest. He gave on his honest assessment on a lot of different players. You know, this summer he was honest. He, he kept it 100, as they like to say in the streets. He was honest. And he gave an honest assessment on a lot of different players around the league. At this point, it doesn't really matter because he's balling out and he's playing big time football. But do you think that could become a distraction if it continues? This is only one, Paul. It's only one week, and he's got to play these guys. That means guys are gonna go after him. I know he's a great corner. Guys are gonna try to go after him, and court the people are gonna try to get him. So. It's better just to let your play speak for itself and not do the talking. But as long as he can back it up, it's fine. And that's totally different than what uh, Coughlin never had guys speaking out like that. You know, that wouldn't work in New England. But you're putting a target on your back when you want to call people out. And Odell Beckham did have 11 catches for uh, 100-some yards last week. You know, not not a lot per catch. And I don't know how many times Ramsey was on him. But Odell Beckham had a good game last week. But I just would rather him play football and not do all that talking, especially calling out certain guys because when they play him, uh, Gronk and them guys are gonna gonna remember that and they're gonna and they're gonna try to beat him. So and you know Brady's gonna go after him some. So they they will go after uh, uh, Ramsey all year this year and try to try to take advantage of him when they get a chance. And, and I think at the end of the day, the only way. It can be a distraction as if he, you know, if his play starts to slip. But he seems to be, you know, an upper echelon quarterback at this point. Corner, I should say, in the prime of his career. So if he continues to ball out and continues to make plays, I guess he can continue to talk as much as he wants moving forward. So let me ask you this. You know, in terms of the Super Bowl, how do you see it? I mean, in your opinion, Who's going to be there? Who's going to be in Atlanta? Right now? If you right ask now. Me who's going to be in Atlanta? I'm going to say the talent they got, the L.A. Rams, <laughs> they got two shutdown cover corners. They got that defense. <laughs> and they got the, 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 the people that got on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it's going to be hard to, hard to beat the Rams. And from the AFC, New England's always going to be there. They're getting older. Are they going to run out of gas late in the year? So I'll say uh, Rams, Jaguars. Rams, Jaguars. Okay. All right. All right. Who you got winning it? Rams. Okay. Now, here's what I'll say. There is a team in Philadelphia that is bringing back pretty much, I think, a more talented team than they had last year. I mean, a a team that is getting their starting left tackle back, who's going to be a Hall of Famer when he retires to Jason Peters, a team that's getting their starting quarterback back, who was probably the, the league MVP and would have been the league MVP if he didn't go down. Team that's bringing back their starting middle linebacker, Jordan Hicks. There is a team in Philadelphia that you could argue 
has gotten better from last season. It's going to come down to home field. Right. That's who true. has a better record? Who has home field? Philly had home field last year, right? And they went, through, they went through home field. Will Philly have enough games? Will they have more wins than the Rams? Because if not, they got to go play the Rams at their place in the in the, in the in the NFC Championship. Only thing I will say is, is that really a big home field advantage in Los Angeles? Is that really a big time home field advantage? It's not like you're going to Minnesota, you know, a team that has a big time home field advantage. You're not going to Lambeau, a team that has a big time home field advantage. You're not going to Philadelphia, another team, or Minnesota for that matter. Teams that have big time home field advantages. I don't see that with LA. They don't have that. So I mean, I, I see your point. I yeah, do definitely they, see your but, point. But they do have two Pro Bowl corners, two Pro Bowl D linemen. <laughs> uh, if you want to say they got Gurley, Pro Bowler, they got Witten on, on the left tackle. I mean, they got they got a young. Both of them got young quarterbacks. And which quarter? I mean, the quarterback Foles didn't play great last week. So, Wentz, we still don't know how he's going to come off this knee injury. I mean, Foles has got to step up, but Wentz has got – we don't know how he's going to come back off this knee injury this year. We don't know. So, that's why I say I, I, I like the Rams more because of that, and I like the Rams because of that, that defense. I mean, they got some – they got some – they got some – they got some real guys on that defense that can play, uh, Paul. And, I'm, and look, I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles. They had a great year last year. I just don't know with the quarterback situation. We don't know what's going to happen with Wentz, and, and 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 how good is he going to be when he first gets out there? And I don't know if he's going to be running like he used to run. And you know, Foles didn't look all that great the first week, so we'll see. But I mean, those Rams, man. It's, it, I mean, they got they got Brandon Brandon Cooks. And you got Jeffrey coming back. You got some guys that are missing on offense in Philly too. Uh, but you let a couple. You let the tight end go. You let you lost, You got you got the other tight end that played great. But you didn't, you let a couple guys go on the offense side of the ball too. That 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 were pretty. And you lost and you lost Blunt on, as running back. And Blunt was very important to that to that run last year. He had a real good year for you last year. So, I, I'll give you Blunt. I'll give you Blunt, but I feel like. Everybody else was was is is fairly replaceable, you know. Did Blunt rush for a thousand yards? What's up? Didn't Blunt rush for a thousand yards? He didn't. He didn't rush for a thousand, but he had a he had a big year. He had a big yeah, year. You, and you got Spoles back. You got Spoles back, and you got a, a Jay. I understand that, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you know, Spoles is thirty five, thirty six years old. So you know, like I said, we'll see what happens. I just. You know, I mean, the Rams added some some star power, and they are they added two shut down cover corners to an already decent defense. Now you add those guys to that defense. I mean, it's going to be hard. To, it's going to be hard to throw on those guys. You saw what happened with the. You can't. You can throw. You can throw to the tight end. Yeah, they. Threw, I mean, the Raiders threw to the tight end, but they couldn't throw to any receivers. I mean, I mean, I mean, what, what's that receiver? The receiver from Alabama. He, I mean, he only had one catch. Right, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Amari Cooper. You can't throw to the receivers. We'll let you throw underneath and hit the tight end. But we're not gonna let you go downfield and throw to the throw to the receivers. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Rams are definitely going to be there, but I, I don't even have the Eagles going to Super Bowl. I think the Atlanta Falcons are actually going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't. I don't, I like I don't trust. I love their defense. I, I, I like, I like, I like Carolina. Well, I don't like Carolina because you got the, the injury, but you just don't know what you're gonna get with the Falcons. I mean, they just. I think, I think they're gonna figure they're it out. Like they're gonna find a way to get in the end zone. They're dealing with the same. They're still having issues with their coordinator, and they couldn't run the ball either, uh, Paul. And they can't score in the red zone. They gotta run the ball. They couldn't run the ball against Philly, and they couldn't throw the ball to anybody and get get the ball in the end zone. They got in the red zone, and y'all stuffed them on the goal line. You gotta run the ball. But I, I'll say this about I'll say this about the Atlanta Falcons. 
Last year in the playoffs, they gave the Eagles the toughest game. They gave the Eagles the toughest game at a game that they easily could have won. And, you know, this last game, week one, it was pretty much the same as the playoff game where they got stuffed right there at the goal line, essentially. But I, I think this is – I think it's something they can figure out. I think it's something they will figure out. And I think ultimately, you know, year two and their offense coordinator, Sarkeesian, I think they'll figure this whole thing out. I think the Land Falcons are going to be there. I really do. I think they're going to win it we'll all. See. But we'll see. We'll and, see. And, they, and they lost that good player, 45. I think they lost him for the year. Uh, Jones. Deion Jones. Yep. Deion Jones. Yep. We'll see. A lot, of, a lot of football to be played. Speaking of football, speaking of some of the things you got going on, you got Frame Your Game going on. You're doing some big-time things there. I saw you at the Hall of Fame. You were selling a lot of product out there. How's it going? It's going good, man. I wish we had more Philly product because, I mean, the Brian, everything Brian Dawkins was like gold. It sold out. I mean, the Philly fans showed up and, and represented. You know, I think we got a lot of Philly fans with with those helmets on the cars. I want those Philly fans to go to frameyourgame.com and go down to Fanatics or wherever they want to shop, NFL shop. Or, uh, or fans' edge, and I want them to go get their uh, helmet, and I want all the Philly fans to have them helmets on their cars, uh, or any other fan going to those games. We want them to put their helmet on game day, but I really, you know, the Philly fans really, uh, we love the product, and we're really, uh, really for the Hall of Fame. I mean, they they came out in droves and spent a lot of money, so I know those the Philly fans. I didn't realize those are true football fans, and most of those Philly fans that were there are season ticket holders that show up for the Hall. So, Paul, they really, um, they, it was a record year at the Hall of Fame, and it was it was for, for the revenue and the game and the, and the whole whole event over that three- or four-day period, and it was largely due to the Philly fan turnout. They really, they really showed up. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I knew Philly was going to come, in, come out in droves. I mean, Brian Dawkins, is a legendary Eagle. I mean, he is loved in Philadelphia. I, I think out of all those teams, those Andy Reid teams with McNabb and, and, and all those guys, Westbrook and, you know, all those guys, I think Brian Dawkins, I, I, I know Brian Dawkins is probably the most popular guy from that era. I mean, they, they, they loved him in Philadelphia. They still love him in Philadelphia. They don't love him forever. And it's hard to – it's hard not to like Brian Dawkins because of his passion, because of his mm-hmm. energy. I mean, he's got infectious energy, infectious passion. It's hard to hate Brian Dawkins. He's a nice guy, real nice guy. Also the first Clemson player to ever go in the Hall of Fame. I was talking to my friend Victor Simmons, whose son plays at um, Clemson, number 11, Isaiah Simmons, real good football player. And, and he – he was pulling up to the dorm when his son was coming to school his first year. Brian Dawkins' son is playing at Clemson, and they've been—he's a redshirt sophomore too. So Brian Dawkins' son is at Clemson with Isaiah Simmons, and uh, they tell me how good a kid he is. And he saw Brian Dawkins when he came to that dorm, and he said, "This guy looks like he used to play football." Victor told me he didn't know it was Brian Dawkins he was talking to, but he just told me how nice a guy he is. And they always see Brian Dawkins' wife. And um, I, I talked to Brian. I think he moved. He was moving right after the hall back to Florida. He's from Jacksonville, but I think he was moving to Orlando. So I think he made the move back to Florida uh, recently with his family. Yeah, and I know he was. I think he was looking to do some business stuff and and so on and so forth. So obviously the Hall of Fame. I, and, you know, one last thing for that, before you get out of here, just to bring up the T.O. thing for one quick moment. Being, you know, I went to Canton this week, uh, this summer, I should say, and being at the Hall of Fame and, and just being around the environment, being at the, atm- you know, the atmosphere and everything, I think T.O. missed out, man. I mean, I don't know why, you know, the, it, it seems like they treat the players like royalty there. I mean, you're amongst other Hall of Famers, the fans adore you. I mean, it, to me, it's an amazing atmosphere, and I can't 
you know, believe that a guy like T.O. missed out on something like that. And, you know, I know he has a it was great, wasn't it? I mean, that atmosphere when Dawkins came out, like crawling out there, and those fans went crazy. I mean, you felt like you were, you were in a football game. And, you know, his speech by far was the best one. For him to open up, Paul, and talk about, you know, suicidal thoughts and everything he's gone through and him dealing with it. And, 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 and I think that's why the fans – love him so much because they can relate to him as a human being. And for that man to divulge that stuff and open up and talk about the dark places he's been and, and let these let them in on that, uh, that takes a strong person to to even admit stuff like that and to open up about it. And, and, and I mean, it, that really, you know, human, humanizes him, but it, it, it's a vulnerable for him to show his feelings, you know, Brian Dawkins is, was a, was a special player, but you could tell he's a type of person. He wears his feelings on his sleeves, and right. he doesn't hold back anything, and he lets you inside. And that's why the fans really love him because he let them inside, and they really got to know him as an individual. And I'm pretty sure everywhere he went around that area, people would just come up to him and just talk to him, and he treated them nice, and he wasn't all. You know what I'm saying? Paul stuck up and, you know, too good right. and all that stuff. And and that goes, um, outside of football, that goes a long way with fans really connecting with you and feeling like they know you and will always respect him. And it was everybody. When he started talking about that, my family was out there in the stands, and, and fans were really, everybody was touched and and and, and, and was getting emotional when Dawkins was talking about some of those situations. Because everybody's had somebody in their family that deal with these type of situations, Paul. And, and I'm saying, I mean, Dawkins' speech, and I mean, if if, if somebody wants to listen to somebody, uh, a fan just listening to this show, hadn't heard it, go back and listen to Brian Dawkins' speech, YouTube it. You really need to hear 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 what he has to say, because that uh, that's one of the best speeches I've ever heard at all. And, and I think, you know, like being in that atmosphere, I'd have to say that T.O. missed out. But, you know, that's his decision. That's his life. And, you know, it is what it is at this point. And, you know, life goes on. And that's the way it goes. So, fans, go to the website, frameyourgame.com. Go to Fanatics. Go to Fans Edge. Go to NFL Shop. And also go to Bed Bath & Beyond. So you got a lot of different places. Frameyourgame.com. Fanatics.com, FansEdge, NFLShop.com, Bed Bath and Beyond. So there's really no excuse if you're a fan of that. Also, also, Paul, if they want to get the Brian Dawkins Hall of Fame plate, go to the Hall of Fame store website. Go to the Hall of Fame store website, and we have the Brian Dawkins with two action shots inside the plate with all uh, all his stats and stuff. It's selling on the Hall of Fame website. So they need to go to Hall of Fame store, team store, and then look up uh, Brian Dawkins uh, helmet license plate, and they'll see the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the picture, and I'll send it to you so you can post it. It's a beautiful uh, Brian sure. Dawkins in, in 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 the football helmet, and it's got his uh, all his stats on it and a couple action shots of it. So again, go to. You can go to profootballhof.com slash store. That's profootballhof.com slash store. Or you can just go to profootballhof.com and you can go there and, you know, go find it and support all the great things going on with Willie Rowe and support all the great things going on with Frame Your Game. Willie, absolute pleasure, man. Nothing but the best. Can't wait to do it again. Thanks for having me. Oh, before you get out of here, Triple G or Canelo? Triple G. Okay. I was just watching the weigh-in and, and Teddy and Stephen A. I think Triple G's a little lighter. I think Triple G's going to start faster. But that leaves him open for Canelo. You know, he's he's great at the counters. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think it goes 12. I think somebody gets knocked out, though. Okay, we'll see. Should be fine. Right. Appreciate right. it. So, 
speaking of Triple G and Canelo, that fight is tomorrow night in Vegas. That's going to be exciting. It's a fight we've been waiting for for a long time. What's supposed to happen in May? Triple G, not Triple G, Canelo tested positive for clenbuterol, which is a banned substance, a PED, on the, uh, if you will. And so the fight got postponed. Now we're in September. The fight happened in September 2017. Now it's fighting September 2018. Triple G, Canelo Alvarez, bad blood this time. They hate each other. They don't like each other. There is no love lost between these two guys. You know, we saw the weigh-in. If you didn't see the weigh-in, go look on Twitter, look around. It's there. Canelo got all up in Triple G's face. So there's a lot of bad blood here. There's a lot of animosity. No love lost between these two guys. They hate each other, which makes it could make for an interesting night. But here's the thing. I said it last time coming into that fight. If it was close, favor Canelo Alvarez because he gets a lot of love on those scorecards. And you say, why do you say that, Paul? Well, let me look. Let me just take you back in time a little bit. Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez. Mayweather, the cash cow of boxing at that point. Mayweather, the, the, the guy who was the pay-per-view king. Floyd Mayweather. And so we have Mayweather, and he dominated Canelo. Dominated Canelo Alvarez, wasn't even close. And guess what? Even in his domination of Canelo Alvarez, even Mayweather just beat him pillar to post, outboxed him, outclassed him, and dominated the young Canelo Alvarez. That was back in 2013, five years ago. And you look at the scorecard, and the fight was a total domination by Floyd Mayweather. But guess what? Happens sometimes to boxing more than it should. C.J. Ross scored the fight. 114 to 114, a draw. Come on. Anybody ever seen that fight or ever watched that fight? 114 to 114 was ridiculous. The other two scorecards, 8493, 116, 112, Dave Moretti, 117, 111, Craig Metcalf. Those scores were right. 114 to 114? Come on. And then Canelo Triple G. And that scorecard. The, the, those scorecards. The scorecard that Adelaide Bird turned in. 118 to 110. What's that? And round two. Canelo Alvarez. Anybody that saw that fight could not see 10 rounds to two. If you saw 10 rounds to two, there's something to matter with you. You should never watch boxing ever again. Like the Mayweather said, you don't know ish about boxing. 118 to 110, 10 rounds to two. Anybody, Stevie Wonder, could have scored that fight. 10 rounds to two. Basically, what Adelaide Bird did in that fight, Canelo Triple G won. She filled out her scorecard, put her feet up on the table, and just watched the fight and, you know, enjoyed the fight and just relaxed. Because her scorecard had to be filled out way before that fight even started. But it's going to be a big fight. It's going to be a great fight. I'm going with Triple G. I got a hard time thinking Canelo could beat Triple G. It's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. But if it's close, favor the guy, the marketplace. Favor the guy who is the cash cow of boxing, Canelo Alvarez. That's the way I see it. But I'm going with Triple G. 
by UD. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began or goforradio.com. Also, check us out on Stitcher. Look us up, Paul Gant, and support all the great things going on with goforradio.com and Paul Gant. For everybody here. Also, before we get out here, I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. Make sure you go to frameyourgame.com. That's frameyourgame.com. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.